Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this session on the subject of your thoughts are not you or our thoughts are not us, to put that in a more inclusive way for the human condition. And this was one of the um, teachings, trainings in mindfulness that really most spoke to me, that was most liberating to me as something that really permeated to change my attitude to my internal world, my habits, my reactions, responses, and a lot of the stuff of just playing around in circles, the same well-trodden cycles and inner conversations that I'd have over and over again. So to put this in context, let's look at what it is to be human and have this mind where we are conscious of our own thoughts, where we can make stories and like Yuval Harari incredibly eloquently lays out in that fantastic book, Sapiens, we are the only animals who can make up stuff. (laughs) We can make up myth, we can make up story, We can have inner musings and a whole inner world. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it has given us story, it has given us song, it has given us conversation, it has given us the ability to look at our inner workings, to understand our experiences, to learn from them. But at the same time, it's a bit of a rich trap. So what it does, and particularly from an age where we are very much lauded and credited on our thought processes and how efficient they are, how much much volume and quantity of thought that we have um, alongside quality, we are very we get very caught up in the quality and the, the value of our thoughts. And for human beings, one of the things that we can do, part of our consciousness, is to be to be able to look back, to reflect on what has happened, and in many ways to bring that past, drag it along with us into the present moment, which is where, if we are not conscious of this, if we're not focusing and practicing continual awareness, we can get really held up in that as the subject and the fodder, the food for rumination, for constantly getting caught in a cycle of going over and over past events and often them overlaying our present experience. And one of then what we can do, which is again another wonder of the human mind, is to predict, to forecast, to speculate on what a future will be where that might take us, what we might want from that, what we might want to not repeat, what we might want to repeat, what we wish we could repeat, but we can't because it's been denied us. And 
if we tend to anxiety or agitation, one of the things that we can do is to have imaginings about the future. And it's very common in people who have a lot of fear or want to control the world around them because of that fear. And that is to have speculative or imagined conversations with ourselves or with other people or going over potential outcomes or potential scenarios for how the future will play out. It's a stealing ourselves, a kind of practicing, a going through a practice run for the future just in case. I used to very much get caught in that trap of having conversations with people in the ways that I hoped they'd have played out. And it's very, very common. So if we've had a breakup, for instance, we might really run through a whole bunch of scenarios in the past about what we could have done, or we should have done into the future about how if I do this, it would go or if I'd have done this, this how it might have gone. So all of this discussion is in a dialogue to pull the past along with us and then to predict to speculate in the future. And we can spend so much time in these past and future tenses that it steals completely from the present moment, which is the only time that we are actually living in. And to be free of these ruminations, to be free of of these thoughts is to be able to drop into the present moment. And that is in no way to say that thought is bad. It's not a judgment on whether this is a good or bad thing to think a lot or to not. But when it becomes our permanent state of mind, our default way of living, it steals from us. It takes the present moment. It can take a huge amount of energy and it can take our ability to truly drop in a calm, present and connected way into the present moment. And Because we have this value on thought, we can often see all the thoughts we have as almost kind of like being things like gold that come up. But actually, if we spend some present time just being with, opening out and letting our thoughts come, we can see actually there's an awful lot of chatter. A lot of what we are doing in the present moment is kind of like an a commentary. We're like that that uh, voiceover man or voiceover woman in films or documentaries that are just talking over the top of ourselves. So almost like we are not living in our lives. We are not the experiencer, but rather we are the 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 witness and the commentator. There's a lot of use of the witness and the observer in meditation and mindfulness. And it's a very useful tool, but it's also something that we just need to be careful we don't used to separate out that which looks in on us to our actual selves. And it can become like that if we are just having these voices, these thoughts that are commenting, that are narrating our lives. So to step away from those voices and to drop beneath is to actually feel bodily experience. And one of the things that that can help us do is to connect in with this phrase that our thoughts are not us. So they are voices, they are ways of habitually commenting, observing, interpreting, analysing our experience, but they are not necessarily and very, very often, usually not representative of the truth of this moment. 
So we might have a projection about it. We might think we feel a certain way. But actually, if we drop down and see what we feel beneath that, when we feel anger, it might be an expression of feeling sad or feeling hurt or fearful. And the voices in our heads might be coming up as quite kind of angry, aggressive, judgmental phrases to out to others or into ourselves. So our thoughts might come over the top out as anger for other people out in the world or into ourselves. And that might be that those judgmental, harsh voices that are kind of running around in our head and making us tense and go back into the stress response are actually masking that that we truly feel within. And if we drop beneath them, we just see them for the moment, for the the chatter and the reactivity. Uh, In yoga, we might call it kind of the outer chatty layers of the mind. We can drop beneath them and actually drop further into a more truthful body experience down into the belly. And it's interesting within yoga, the word maya is often referred to as these mind fluctuations. And the word maya means illusion that the thoughts that come up are stories, that they are the way that we weave a story around the actual experience. And the way to look at this and see whether our thoughts truly are representative of us is to write them down, spend 10 minutes just sitting and freeform writing, or you can even just say this out loud to some kind of audio but or a stream of consciousness writing where you just let everything that comes into your mind down onto paper. And that provides us with an illustration of how much dross, if you like, actually comes out, how we throw out stuff all the time. And thoughts are things that arise. They, they come out quickly out of nowhere and often out of the unconscious. And we're coming, you know, most of our thoughts like you know, tenfold of our thought is actually coming from the unconscious mind. So to just let that free form and fall out as it will gives us an opportunity to look at what that free form can be, what the unconscious stream can be. And what that means then is we have the opportunity to drop away from that, to let go of all of that thought hum that kind of that mind spewing out voices and choose to drop beneath that whenever possible and that takes the act of letting go the act of loosening our grip on the importance of thought and often because of the the thought patterns that we're into are very you know we we get attached to them There'll either be things we really like that make us feel good about ourselves, like fantasizing about something. So we kind of want to stay there. Or they might be stuff that actually causes us pain, but it's 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 habitual. A conversation or going over a, uh, something that happened with someone. We want to understand it or we want to feel that maybe there was something that would indicate a different outcome. And we can attach to things that we desire or we feel aversion to. But when we let go, it's to let go of attachment to anything and drop beneath. So we can really start to drop into space between thought. And the more time we can spend in space between thought, 
the more we can spend actual time in the present moment experiencing that at a deep body level and not feeling that we're just at the whim of a storm of mind stuff. So I hope that's been helpful. Your thoughts are not you. Our thoughts are not us. They're not the truth of a situation has always been a very, very, very useful phrase to come back to with me and one I use a lot in teaching. So I hope it's been helpful for you. Take care. Bye.